We'd better get to the villa and settle in. This was supposed to be a stroll. I'm in no hurry. What time is the car picking us up? Listen to you, the car. It's easy to get used to. <laughs> this is so where we belong. Living the cheetah credo. Mingling with the international crowd. Citizens of the world. <laughs> crumbs a craven rationing of content in which ungenerously we give you one episode on every book in the cheetah girls trilogy when it obviously could have just been one normal length episode instead suck it crumbs Crumbs are once again parables about self and identity but they suddenly have a lot more production value craft and direction than last time go figure we are your hosts a loose coalition of girl band enthusiasts my name is hannah blackman And I'm Andrew Overby. The Cheetah Girls 2 is a 2006 musical TV movie directed by Kenny Ortega. What, what? Debuting on the Disney Channel, the film catches viewers up with the Cheetah Girls, a teenage pop quartet, teenage in that they are teenagers, not in that they participate in the genre teenage pop, if that is a genre, I'm very (laughs) out of touch. The Cheetahs have been enjoying artistic fulfillment, but have still not achieved notoriety. When an opportunity arises to compete in a music festival in Barcelona, the cheetahs pounce. However, the beauty and temptation of Spanish living may threaten to take the cheetahs off the stage and off their game. The junior novelization of The Cheetah Girls 2 was written by Alice Alfonsi and published by Disney Enterprises, Inc. in 2006. Who, you may ask, is Alice Alfonsi? Alice Alfonsi is a different person from the person who wrote the last Cheetah Girls book, but she has certain things in common. Yeah, well, writing-wise, very different, but her resume's uh, pretty similar. So she sometimes writes under the pen name Cleo Coyle, which I must admit is a very cool pen name. Mm -hmm. She has a storied history of writing books for Disney, spanning from the Cheetah Girls to That's So Raven, Lizzie McGuire, Hannah Montana, High School Musical, and Star Wars. Hannah, yeah. we made it. It's we the promised it. land. Here. We made it We're, to the Cheetah Girls movie we love. Everything is beautiful here. Everything is thought out and rich and gorgeous. <laughs> and, and, and the directing is good. Yeah, it has real direction. <laughs> it has a concept. They actually, uh, you know, loop dialogue later on when, <laughs> when, the first, when the first bit of dialogue they recorded sounds bad. Yeah, they did a great job. <laughs> they went to a location, and they shot a movie there. So let's start with what I think is the the obvious strength of this second movie, is that they do not in any way attempt to repeat the beats of the first film. Huge and so strength, yeah. Galleria, our protagonist, or the closest thing we have to a single protagonist, even though this is an ensemble piece, her arc in the first movie is... I'm going mad with power <laughs> and I need to be stopped and her friends stop her. And her arc in the second movie is maybe me being a little controlling is good because 
if nobody's, you know, if nobody's running the team, then is there even a team? Yeah. Coupled with the the carryover growth from the first one where she's like, look, if they don't want to do it, I'm not going to force them. Like we all have to want to do it. I'm happy to like provide structure and guidance when we want to do it. But if you guys want to hang out in Spain, I'm going to go. I'm going to step off. I love that about her arc in this movie. Definitely. And then the girls I, I, are like, we do want to do it. We love you. We're here. Yay. We're going to tell a show. Well, they do want to do it ultimately. And, and spoilers for this Disney Channel original <laughs> movie, but it does end happily. Yeah, it does. They do a great but job. They want to do it after she pulls the, I can see this isn't working out, I'm going to go home thing. And there is something to be said for like, if if you need that reality check of this person is legitimately about to bow out of your creative project to get you back on track, th- you might be experiencing some motivational issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. These girls have a lot of other things in their lives that are interesting and good. On top of the Cheetah Girls, yeah, it, it's it's a, a movie almost more about being a teenager than it is about being a teenage pop star. Because at least I, when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, you're just starting to get agency that you've never had in your life. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, you know, I could travel somewhere. That's like legal for me to do without a parent. I could. For me, one of them was like, oh, I could like ask someone out on a date and I'd actually be able to go on the date and I wouldn't have to get like dropped off by a parent. You know, like you're experiencing all of this semi-adult stuff for the first time and it's downright intoxicating. And every little thing that happens to you feels like this massive development. That's something I found really believable about the second film is when a random boy who's cute just wanders into the cafe they're in in Barcelona at the beginning of the movie Before anything has even happened, the fact that that happened and he has a guitar and he's some boy they've never seen before is the most exciting thing that's ever happened. (laughs) Yeah. It's also a moment where you're just starting to like really figure out what your interests are, divorced from what your parents think your interests are, you know? Absolutely. So like for, like Dorinda's always been into dancing. So, but for her to be like, well, I really need, that's what I, my career is dancing. Actually, it's not pop star stuff. Right. And for Aqua to be like, oh, I really like fashion design. As it turns out, I'm really into that. I want to do that. Like that's a moment for her to like really explore that in a way that she probably hasn't had before. Like that too is the teenager dumb of it. Um, I appreciate all that stuff in this. There's a fright to it as well, because when you're young and you care about something and you want to get like a collaborative project going, you wonder when somebody branches off into something else, is this something that can coexist with the passion Mm -hmm. that we have or will this take them away? So I I had a friend, Chris, when I was a kid who, uh, this is like not my story, but I'm going to tell it. (laughs) He basically was friends with all these guys and he they would go through phases where they'd be like, okay, like now we're like really into building tree houses. You know, we're like 11 mm-hmm. years old or whatever. And we're really into building like tree houses or now we're really into, you know, uh, in the winter time, we're doing like kind of extreme jackass style sledding, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and one thing that happened to him was like, they did a phase where they all got into mountain biking, like the 11 year old version of mountain biking. And he didn't move on. Oh, he is just like, I love this. It just clicked with him. And he was like, when they were ready to be like, okay, you know, whatever we're doing next, we're like, we're having a swimming summer. He was like, no, that's, I've discovered a key part of who I am. Yeah. 
that's an important time to be alive and to, and to be able to like pursue those things and like continue to do them. What a lucky, wonderful thing. Well, it's, it's lucky, but it's also scary if mm. you're the other person you're and like, you're, wait a second. you're like, wait a second, you want to design dresses? Like, how are you feasibly going to do that and still be one of the cheetah girls? Luckily, she can do both. Like, <laughs> like, the cheetah girls the need outfits, <laughs> so she can do it. You know, I do feel like these are such like set in high school books, and like this is like the summer between junior and senior year. Um, but I wonder, like, when these girls go to college, like, will the cheetah girls fall apart completely, and they'll all just go their separate ways? And not do cheetah stuff. We're in an interesting moment where we have watched and read <laughs> two cheetah girls books, and there are three movies yeah. and books, and we will be covering the cheetah girls one world. But as of right now, aside from the concept that it's like a Bollywood cheetah girls movie, we don't really know what it's about, and the or fact when it's that set. the fact that both movies are all about like Cheetah Girls forever. We've been doing this since we were in diapers. And then the third one doesn't have raven Simone. I don't know how they're going to grapple with that. I don't know I how know. these movies can deal with that in any way. Well, there may be a reason we don't have six Cheetah Girls movies. You know, they realized it couldn't work without all four of them. Definitely. Definitely. I'm surprised just from the cover of the third movie that they didn't try to introduce a replacement or anything. Yeah, I'm very interested. I do think that looking at the cover of Cheetah Girls 2, you can tell that Raven is less enthusiastic about being there. <laughs> <laughs> so. Jeez, the look on her face says, it's true. I'm the movie does exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I also like, um, not to leap ahead too far, but at the end of the movie, when they do that big last number, her outfit is so unacceptably bad. That if I was her and I was like, this is what you're putting me in for the big number of the movie, I quit. I'm not doing another one of these. I, I get I it. Don't, I don't remember what that is. But It is like a Spanish privateer outfit. Oh, She's in like oh, a, I do a fake remember. hat, a fluffy blouse. She has like wide pants, big jacket. Like it is not cute on her and it is not flattering. And the rest of the girls have very cute outfits. It is mean. In order to fully tackle that final sequence we need to tackle the concept of angel oh angel, which means yes. we first need to just say what the log line for the movie is which is that the cheetah girls go to barcelona to compete in a in a competition that i don't know what the competition is it's a, it's, it's, it's a music festival that has a new voices competition as part of it sure but <laughs> I don't know how important that is. So, like, the, I guess in this universe where talent shows are, you know, our <laughs> American Idol, it's like maybe maybe a music festival is the most amazing opportunity you could ever get. The way they talk about Marisol, it seems like winning yes. this is the end all be all of music. Yes. Um, so th Poor they Marisol. get to Barcelona. They go to this cafe. Then maybe the strangest part of the movie, a cute boy wanders in with a guitar. Who is cute? He is, and he has an interest in them. Mm -hmm. Th this role and the role of the guy running the festival, I was like, are these known figures? 
Why are they be ge- being given such <laughs> emphasis? Yeah. So he comes in and is basically like, let me show you around. It immediately becomes a musical a full number. musical number. The first time in the series that we're getting a musical number where reality becomes song. Mm-hmm. Um, but then halfway through, they're, they're not, the, the dialogue of the song isn't them like communicating with him in the way that like in a musical you'll often have people learning about each other or mm-hmm. or whatever they're just doing a song together and halfway through i'm going there's no way right that he just exits the story again after the song's over <laughs> that would be wild and he does Pretty the much. song ends they're like thank you so much for singing and dancing with us in the streets and he goes you're welcome and then it's back to just the cheetah girls <laughs> he, he comes back a couple of times later he doesn't he, totally exit the story forever he's just not the main boy in the story but my point is that he's given no development in dialogue before the song or after (laughs) that's true it's just sing and dance with this boy leave him the moment you ask too much about him you learn the twist that saves the movie so you can't like you can't get to know him beyond he's a street boy who sings songs and that's fun he's cute he's cuter than Derek from New York so who cares about Derek Derek and uh, the dog from the first movie get done real dirty. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> the girls do. Too, they are just gone. I mean, at least the dog is mentioned. Derek is just like, nope, dumped. It's been two years, though, so that's fair. He graduated. He left. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, they go to Barcelona be- because, I think it is important to say, Chanel's mom thinks she's going to get proposed to by Luke, her boyfriend. And Luke has invited them to Barcelona for the summer. And Galleria elbows in the Cheetah Girls and makes all of them go to Barcelona. I did think that I felt a little bad for Luke. I'm sure he was planning <laughs> on proposing, but I was a little defending him, uh, thinking, if I, you know, invited my my longtime girlfriend and her daughter to, to this, like, you know, beautiful Spanish mansion that I have mm-hmm. for the summer and a proposal was expected of me, I'd be bummed out by that. Yeah, no, I agree. I also think, like, given that his relationship with Chanel is not good, like, she's re- resistant to it. She won't engage with him. He probably was like, this is a great opportunity for us to get to know each other, and I can build something good with her so that when I propose to her mom, it's not this, like, awful situation for her. And then all these other fucking girls are here. The insistence on the part of the girls that they be allowed to come on this trip is obviously inconsiderate, (laughs) but it also just lends itself to this fantasy world in which these like 16 year old girls manage the logistics of all that. They do. It's, there's a couple of funny conversations, like early before they're in Barcelona, there's all that conversation of like, Gallery is like, I already called dad and he said I could use his air miles and that Dorinda could use his air miles and like it's gonna be basically free. It's gonna be so unbelievably easy and we'll just stay with Luke and blah 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 blah. And like their moms are just like, Oh my god, this is so much. Like I feel like <laughs> immediately after that scene, there's like forty five minutes of phone calls, forty five minutes of like airline phone calls, like a lot of work happens on the part of the moms. Mm-hmm. That the cheetah girls just get to be like, "Yay, we did it! We're going to Barcelona!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good, it's an economical way, I guess, to to throw together the plot for a sequel. Yeah. Um, th- let's talk about Marisol. So, sure, 
they get to Barcelona. They are going to this club in at the club. Like every night, it seems like people are just performing. And yeah, it's a teen club. Very, <laughs> you know, high production value performances with with uh, you know lighting and and all of this stuff. And and uh, it's basically a venue for the people participating in this contest to practice and also to get a peek at each other to see what mm-hmm. they're competing against. And their main competition or their perceived main competition is Dorinda, a No, Barcelona, Marisol. I'm sorry, Marisol okay. is what I meant to say. Is Marisol <laughs> a Barcelona native who when she sings sounds like she's from Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. She has the squarest American accent. Like not maybe not. I mean, a in her accent, singing, but like a yes. Yeah, her. I wonder if this girl was dubbed because like this actress has like a Spanish accent. Yes. Um, maybe she was not a singer, and it's a different voice. And before our one fan starts <laughs> subtweeting me, I understand <laughs> that oftentimes people with what Americans perceive as accents sing in like an Americanized way. Mm-hmm. And that, like, in fact, like, Ellie Goulding is the only one who doesn't in modern pop. <laughs> um, but this is a crazy degree if you haven't seen the movie. She's, like, speaking in a, a very, uh, with a very heavy Spanish accent, and then goes into this, like, square, sort of, like, Bostonian, <laughs> you know? It is so, a little jarring Yeah, in the movie. I agree with you. But and she's so, a sweet girl. Her first number, she's introduced wearing an outfit that is one long pant leg, one short George leg, <laughs> which I must mention, it's amazing. <laughs> but she's talented, uh, she's charming, and the people of Barcelona love her. There are so many plots in this movie for Chanel. Because yeah, Chanel has Chanel, a lot going on. Chanel gets to do the I am... I hate Luke simply because he's dating my mom thing. And mm-hmm. she gets the arc of coming around to wait. Actually, he's a great father figure. I should be grateful. And at the same time, uh, Marisol and her mother are, are trying, trying to, to steal her from the cheetah girls. Chanel away from the cheetah girls to be in a, in like a duo with Marisol, mm-hmm. which I thought also was a weird concept of victory where they're <laughs> like, Oh, I lost this competition two times in a row. This being Marisol. Uh, the way to win is to become a completely different act in which I am one of a duet. Yeah, I agree. It's a little bit like, well, that's a little forced. It's a little sweaty, as you might say. But it, Unless it's there's perfect. like an immense cash prize. And people <laughs> are just trying to win by any means necessary. I, I also feel like, I mean, in the way the first movie is very much about Galleria's growth, I do feel like the second one is much more about Chanel. Like, she's the main character of this movie. And I wonder if conceptually at some point they were like, cool, well, each of the girls will have their own starring movie thing. And then they just like didn't get there. Well, Hannah, um, we'll never know. Would you be interested to know uh, that the 30 book series (laughs) by what was her name? Gregory, uh, that it each book is told from a different girl's perspective. Oh, and. I Guess would like who's to the know that. the only character who doesn't get a book from her perspective? Is it Angie, the twin who's not in the movies? It's Angie, the twin who is absorbed in the narrative womb. Oh my in order God. To make the Cheetah Girls Why? Films. Why doesn't she get her own books? 
I don't know. I, wow. I, it, it sounded like she was just roundly considered the least interesting of the five. <laughs> what a thing to do as the writer of those books. Like at any moment you could say like, I'm really not giving Angie enough. I'm going to give her more and just did it. 30 is too many to make the <laughs> argument that you were getting to it. Yeah. You just chose not to. Oh my God. I wonder if after book three, she was like, five is too many girls. I yes. do not need Angie, but now I'm stuck with her. Yeah, we're going to find out that the Cheetah Girls One World is Deborah Gregory's passion project. <laughs> I always imagined it was just three of them. <laughs> it works with uh, four. Four is good. So I, I love this aspect of the film that like, there's all these different things pulling the girls away from each other. Yeah. Um, Dorinda, Dorinda's plot is insane. Eh, yeah, I mean, sort of, yes. So Dorinda, no matter what, her deal is dancing. She loves to dance. Luke introduces her to Joaquin, who is mm -hmm. a duke or some shit. He's a like count. a count. He has like some version of Spanish royalty under his belt. He's also a dancer. They dance together. They're very sexy. He likes her. They like each other. It's cute. And then at one point, Dorinda's just like, well, he's too good for me because he's a count and he must be rich and we're too different. And he, it doesn't matter that he likes me. He's fancy and I'm not fancy. We should break up. And he has to be like, no, I'm not fancy. It's fine. It's, it's the most accelerated, <laughs> uh, exaggerated version of the rom-com end of second act misunderstanding i've ever seen yeah it's because like one scene of misunderstanding it's like it's like she th has the thought sometimes relationships go bad and mm -hmm. then jumps directly to and that means mine is going bad yes in, in the scene where he comes from work so joaquin works in some business setting he comes to the dance studio to meet with uh, Dorinda and he's with all these people in suits and he basically says like okay see you later whatever and then he goes to meet up with Dorinda and it is frustrating I don't mean to diminish this experience if you are a person who has been dating someone for a while I feel like this has happened to all of us and you get the impression that they do not want to introduce you to like a friend or a family member it feels really shitty so bad it feels so bad I'm not underplaying that. But what happens in this situation is he just goes, oh, yeah, that's like that's my, my friend over there. We've been hanging out for a couple of days. I'll see you guys later. I work with you, so I'll see you soon. And she, she is like, you are ashamed of me. You are ashamed for anyone to see you with me. And, and <laughs> he's then, like, that's obviously not true. Yeah, and then she, all the people he's with are wearing suits and she also jumps to, it's because of your immense wealth as a count. <laughs> and there is a moment, too, where, like, he says goodbye to his friends and immediately is like, I'm taking off my jacket, I'm taking off my tie. And she's like, if I had known we were going somewhere fancy, I could have dressed up. And he's like, we're not going somewhere fancy. Yeah. I'm dressing down right yes, now. Absolutely. I mean, Dorinda he has a lot of baggage that she's carrying. So I, I have a lot of sympathy for her response to some of this stuff. But in the... The structure of the movie, it really is like, well, they need a conflict so that they can come back together later. And they really grind the gears to get you there. I think it's so funny when she and Joaquin, Dorinda and Joaquin, have their first dance. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice and it's really sexy and they're hitting it off. And at the end of the dance, 
he is way too thirsty with his request to hang out again. He says like three things in quick succession. Where yeah, he's, he's like, hey, come teach a hip hop class here. And she's like, oh, that could be good. And he's like, and come to the beach with me tomorrow. And she's like, I don't know if I can do that one. And he's like, okay, okay, no worries. But I will see you at the club tonight. <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, this is the power of dance. He is immediately like totally enamored with her. And then later, he's like, cool, I'm going to be in New York in the fall, and I'm doing a dance competition, and you are my only acceptable partner. <laughs> I will never dance with anyone but Dorinda again. So I'm struggling to find the actual passage, but what happens in the <laughs> fight scene with her and uh, Joaquin in the book is <laughs> she sees him in the suit. She's like, basically, this is like a class difference. You you're, you come from riches, and, and I'm from a foster home, and I, you know, I've never had nice things like you do. And, and for these reasons, we're never going to be able to be together. And as she rushes off in the book, he yells after, I didn't know any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she has like made it a point to not a lot, tell a lot of people about her situation. Like this poor boy, like none of the issues in their relationship have to do with him at all. Like she's right. just a little insecure and needs to work on herself. And she's getting there. But it is very funny. It's like he could not have known any of these concerns that you have and if you no, told him no. he would have been considerate about it it's it's a thing people do it's just a sh shitty thing to do which is like when you've decided how someone's going to react before they even get a chance to know what's up i did want to just point out a few passages from the book that i think demonstrate that this author is doing something with the text which is more than i can say for cheetah girls one so on one of the first pages uh, one of the characters is talking and she says, uh, her mom was a former international fashion model. So this must be Galleria. Uh, and her dad was from Bologna, not full of it, which is not <laughs> funny, but it's, it's like I mean, so I much know. more than what's been happening in the first book. I do have a question about Galleria's dad, who I thought was an opera singer. And in this book seems to just be like a businessman. Am I wrong? I'm totally unclear on this. When when I okay. started up Cheetah Girls 2, I was like, I didn't even remember she had a, an extant <laughs> father. She does. No, I do think this book is like better written. It has more going on in it as a book. Um, there's much more like choices being made. And it's very readable. It's funny. And it's not quite as like Cheetah-licious, Supa-Dupa. Like it, it, there's nothing wrong with that, but... It felt really forced in the first book, and here it's more organic you know, when those things happen. Yeah, and in classic like high school musical two fashion, something we'd never talk about. Um, <laughs> it's it's the movie about them questioning their bond. Yeah, so I mean, there's a the one folded down page that I have is towards the end, where it's like no one's listening to me anymore. Galleria thought before we came here, we were four girls with one dream. She realized. Now I have to face reality. My best friends have other dreams, and I'm just standing in their way. Like, that's an emotive, like, wrap-up of what's happening in the story. It's pretty good. Hannah, we're doing it again. What? What's a single thing about Aqua? Aqua's, Aqua's into fashion design. Aqua has oh, that's her, that's that her thing, she's, right. Of course. She, like, meets the fashion designers when they're out shopping with Galleria's mom. And is like, I really like this. I want to do it. This is my opportunity to learn from professionals. Also, she's from Texas. Don't forget that. I think, oh, yeah. I guess that's I also a thing about Aqua. Texas. It comes up all the time. <laughs> um, that, 
I think one of the major ways in which fiction aimed at young people damaged my perception of the world was I did expect that going through life I would just run into people who would just open up completely new avenues of my life or that everyone I ran into would be like, oh, I actually like know your aunt or whatever. (laughs) Whereas the experience of actually like moving to a new city when I was 25 was very much wandering around and just not making connections. It's very (laughs) hard to make friends in new places. I mean, no cute boys with guitars have come up to me and my friends in my new city and been like, let's get you set up with a gig. Let's get you set up with meeting people. Have you met my friend? Like, that has not happened to me. Sure. Well, the cute boys with guitars, they just are there for a song, and then they they, they <laughs> And then they're out. So... You're right. I have to have my mom's new boyfriend introduce me to a nice boy. And then yes. it's all happening. <laughs> I have a question for you as a, as a New Yorker. Okay. The first book takes place in New York City, right? Uh-huh. Okay, that wasn't the question. Um, <laughs> okay. This part where they're marveling at different things in Barcelona in the mm-hmm. book, and then one of them goes, we saw other amazing things too, like human statues standing around motionless. These were live people, costumed to resemble famous figures, then painted gold or silver or gray-like stone. Shouldn't they already have been seeing that all over the place? I mean, it's it happened. I can't speak to what was going on in 2005 or whatever, but it's not as common in New York City as you might imagine. I've only Hmm. seen a couple of human statues. I don't like it. It's creepy. Yeah. I mean, I see them in Chicago anytime the sun's out, basically, if I'm going to. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) There's definitely like a couple that hang out in Times Square sometimes. Other people can't see them. There's like a Statue of Liberty lady. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if, like, part of it is, like, these New York girls are like, oh, human statues, that's impressive, that's, we don't see that all the time, and the book was like, most people don't know what the fuck that is, we gotta explain it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we gotta... Is it a change from movie to book that Dorinda goes back to the fountain to take a gulp? That is not that's in the cool. movie. There's that like a cool. There's a fountain of love in, in the And it book. works for her, she finds love. Yeah, she finds love. She she goes back. She takes a big old gulp. She's looking for love in Barcelona. And then the, probably the most massive change is that in the climax of the movie, the, the cheetah girls have been framed because yeah. uh, Lola, uh, Marisol's Marisol mother, mom. has put them in a situation where they've become disqualified for accepting money. And then they basically point out that she framed them or set them up and they're let off the hook. This leads to a solution in which the cheetah girls perform and Marisol is just shit out of luck. I mean, Marisol could have performed on her own. She chooses not to. Is that what I'm supposed to get? Yes. But, but she says to her mother earlier in the movie, why don't you let me just perform on my own? Why don't you just believe in me? So why would she choose to not perform at all? Because she's mad at her mom. Her mom is doing bad things that Marisol doesn't believe in and don't reflect her as a person. And like her mom wants her to win at any cost. And so Marisol decides, like I'm just not going to compete. Like right. There's the part in the book where she's described as like settling in to watch the show with a soda. Um, which felt to me very clear that she's like, I'm not, it's not like she like missed it or whatever. She chose very much like, I'm not performing. I'm not competing. 
on moral grounds. Okay. And then the cheetah girls call her up and she's like, Yes, okay, but that's book specific. That's sweet. In the book, they're like, they're like, get her up here, which I think makes sense. And then I think you put her in Cheetah Girls 3. I would, her. and then easy breezy. Marisol yes. is very charming. I would love for her to be in Cheetah Girls 3, though it seems like she's not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope they keep it, in touch with her, though. It seems like aside from like the main six cast members, they don't get people back. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, I do, I mean, it does feel like in the book, it's very much like, come on, come on, join us. We want you here. And Marisol's like, oh, thank you. Okay. And in the movie, she's like in a costume, has a microphone. It's like, I was prepared to perform with the Cheetah Girls. But she's, I'm glad that she gets to perform at all because Barcelona can't get enough of that damn girl. (laughs) She's a hometown sweetheart. Let's talk about that final performance. Okay. So the... The way that they get off the hook for being framed is that Angel, the the mysterious... He's an angel. Guitar, he's a guardian angel. He's a guardian angel. and he, It's not subtle. He's like, I was watching everything that happened and I saw I saw the corruption that occurred and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. And um, they're like, okay, we'll let the Cheetah Girls perform. Then it seems like the Cheetah Girls retooled their song to be a send-up of Angel. Well... Uh, uh, Gallery has been working on this song throughout the movie, right. Amigas Cheetahs. And I think she just puts the front piece on it that's like, this is for Barcelona. It's a city of angels. Wink. Every, I found an <laughs> and angel. And then they just perform Amigas Cheetahs. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good call. Also, the Cheetah Girls give back the money of their own accord. Like, they think it's wrong. They didn't know. They give I'm it not back. a jail the Cheetah Girls defender. <laughs> I don't know why you're making this argument. I don't know. I don't know why I was like, it's important that they give back the money. They don't just get forgiven. <laughs> they do something good on their own. You think I'm just some, some scold who's like, they need to learn that mistakes have consequences. <laughs> they have. They learn it every movie. Let's talk about these insert photos. Okay. They're pretty good. These, these are just like... Um, promotional shots they are not from the movie they are not in any kind of context raven's hair is different in every single one i believe sometimes she has bangs oh no i think in some of these she has bangs and some in the movie she does not have bangs like they're just mixing it up none of these are the outfits they wear in the movie as far as i can tell or remember no it's like (laughs) if you like this movie you like this band here's photos of this band I mean, look, these girls are cute and pretty, and they get to wear funny outfits, which are very early 2000s, a lot of layers. <laughs> you know, sometimes they're asked to make, like, meow claws in the pictures, <laughs> or just, like, pose leaning too far forward. It's cute. It's of a time. And it's it's worth saying that because these are not per, uh, stills from the movie, that uh, the captions are just full inventions. <laughs> So the main one that is, or the first one that is just a photo of the four Cheetah Girls says, whether near or far, the Cheetah Girls live by their credo. Find fame, pronto. Sing like it's your last supper and hang tight with your crew like crazy glue. Which I don't think is, I mean, that's a fair thing you can draw from the Cheetah Girls (laughs) stories. But I'm not sure that it is ever made explicit in the films or books that that's like their thing. As much as growl power, which is used a thousand times in this book. 
Yes, absolutely. Growl Power is a is a character in the book. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh my gosh! Another another good one. Yes, ma'am. I am the powerhouse voice of the group. Declares Sassy Aquanet Walker. Thanks to her gospel roots, homegrown in Houston, Texas. This is like the, just the author just being like, "I've got thoughts <laughs> on these girls." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this this one page that's, like, introducing the Cheetah Girls has something that's, like, in the way that, like, yeah, Chanel's thing is that she's Latina. Like, that's her descriptor on this page, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. Every once in a while, they're like, Dorinda, don't forget, she's white. <laughs> like, I think I'm just bowled over by... Uh, insert photos that are like on good paper stock and have like <laughs> have colors that pop pretty well. Oh no, for sure. I'm not trying to knock these pictures. I do wish they were more closely related to the book I just read. But they're nice pictures. Everybody looks good. I mean, look at how cute these girls are. Good for yeah. them. Honestly, like. Did, the, did these girls have careers post Cheetah Girls? Like, not that I'm aware of. I mean, uh, I bet uh, they must be doing something, right? I hope so. Because like Raven Simone, we know had like a career beyond the Disney Channel, right? But I don't know. I would like to see a movie starring the girl who's Aquanet. I liked her. I think she's really got something. I don't know. I do want to talk just briefly about how the movie is like hand hand over foot better than the first one. And I want to give all of that credit to director Kenny Ortega, who is an absolute Disney Channel movie star director. He makes good fucking musicals. He knows how to <laughs> stage a dance number. He knows how to stage a dramatic scene. Like the, the song late in the movie where they're like, are we breaking up or are we staying together? You know, and it's like at night and they're all alone. Like each one of them is alone singing in the villa and like the wind is blowing and they all have like, this like, it's just so dramatic and theatrical. And I was like, this is the level of direction yes. required with this type of movie. And like Kenna, Kenny Ortega just like gets it, does it, knocks it out of the park. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a, an amazing movie compared to the first in yeah. every single way. <laughs> Uh, and then they were like, do you want to do three High School Musical movies? Do you want to do three? What's the, the franchise of like, what if the Disney villains kids? Like he did three of those. I'm not also even Newsies pre Cheetah Girls, the director of Newsies. Uh, just an absolute just I want to give him so much credit because this movie is good and fun and very watchable in a way that the first one simply is not. <laughs> So to be clear, because I've never seen Kenny Ortega in my life, he's not the guy running the festival. He's not. He's not. I also had that thought, and I looked it up, and it's not. It's that's a, that's a Spanish. It's guy. just such a weird performance. <laughs> yeah, it and feels guys, like he is somebody. It feels like they put the director in a wig. Is what it feels like. <laughs> I'm almost. I mean, it's not. It's simply not. Because if you looked at Kenny, I think like if you imagine Kenny Ortega what you end up with is the director of the music festival. But what he actually looks like is not that at all. I don't know. I, 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 I'm looking at him now and I feel like it's like, it's, it's kindred. Okay. Okay. I mean, again, I am, I am so here for, he can look however he wants. He rocks. <laughs> He's so good at what he does. And I, 
would admire the work he did on Cheetah Girls too. Just elevated it in every single way. And also the songs are better. The songs are catchier. The lyrics are better. The whole thing is better. Yeah, good good character arcs. Good good everything. The, I had the, Amiga's the... Cheetah stuck in my head for like a day and a half. Yeah, I was judging the song really hard when they were just singing it <laughs> off the sheet music. I was like, this sounds pretty simplistic. Then I heard the pop version, and I was like, yeah, you know what? When Agreed. you're right, you're right. This is, I mean, you got I love that kind of reveal in this type of movie. And High School Musical, I think, has a couple of them, too. Where they're like, what if the song went like this on, like, a piano, and it's just, like, very low-key, you know, like, lo-fi? Yeah. And then they're like, okay, now we're performing it for real. And you're like, yeah, they did it! This is good! <laughs> like, I love it when that happens in movies. <laughs> I love the payoff. I love the, like, reveal of it. It's great. Um, have you seen that, uh, speaking of High School Musical, have you seen that Zac Efron DJ movie? I have not. Oh, Should okay. I? No. I love Zac Efron. Should I get really hard into Zac Efron? Should no, I watch every no. Zac Efron movie? Well, that one's more defensible than some of the things you've done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a nice kid. He's, He's absolutely nice kid. hands down a nice boy. There's just, just to spoil, we are your friends. It's not really a spoiler. There, The movie climaxes in him DJing at some big festival and the song he's written, which honestly doesn't sound that great. Everyone acts I mean, he's like he's written like a, a song as a DJ. Yeah, like he's like made a song with samples okay. and whatnot. It, okay, I don't everyone, understand DJing. I don't get it. So. Everyone okay. acts like he's made the most incredible song ever. It's okay. But the big <laughs> reveal is that he's like used sounds from things that happened to him throughout the movie, and oh. it's just less whelming than they want it to be <laughs> because they're like flashback to like that was the nail gun he heard. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> okay. I mean, the hardest thing I think any movie, musical, mu- whatever, can do is set up, I have to write one great song. Yes. It's so hard to pay off that successfully. Almost no one has ever done it, ever. Yeah. Maybe twice in my life have I been like, they did it. It's hard. Hard to do. Hannah Blackman. Yeah. I can't believe you're not going to ask me what songs. I don't want to say it. It's amazing. I just like that you were just going to move on immediately. I love. I just know it's going to be something I've never heard of. <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, yeah. my my. I think the best version of that is when when uh, the the carpenter is trying to write a song in, in Magic Man Undeniable. Like, okay, I'm sure that's a thing, Hannah. <laughs> um. You're great, Andrew, and I really love and respect you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Fun. Thank you. Um, that wasn't the question I was going to ask, but I appreciated the answer. <laughs> um, Hannah Blackman, in the condensed format that is authorized crumbs, sometimes not that condensed, um, you are only allowed to say whether you would recommend a book and a movie with the modifiers hard or soft. Would you recommend the movie The Cheetah Girls 2? Very soft, yes. Mm-hmm. Verging on completely neutral. <laughs> I think I'm so impressed with it over Cheetah Girls 1 that I lean towards yes. But yes. I don't know who in my life would want to see this movie. Yes, it, this Cheetah Girls 2 to me feels like a late Adam Sandler comedy. Where you're <laughs> like, you're like th- or rather an early one held up against a late one. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, maybe Billy Madison wasn't that bad. Now that I've seen this one... <laughs> 
even like, boy, maybe Sandy Wexler isn't that bad now that I've seen Ridiculous Six. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, would you recommend the book, The Cheetah Girls 2? Um, hard no. I think these books don't add anything because the songs mm-hmm. are not there. You need the songs. The songs are what this is all about. And without them, it just feels really thin. So, no. Cool. I would not. Andrew? Yes? Would you recommend the movie Hard Soft Yes Now? Uh, that's a soft yes. Uh, if you're the type of person who would ever consider pressing play on the Cheetah Girls 2, you should. <laughs> that's a good way to say it. Um, Andrew, the book. Hard this Soft a, Yes Now. This is a soft no, because I agree. Utility-wise, it's just a pointless exercise. Uh, to, to, to novelize a book... Or to novelize a movie that's based off of 30 books. It's so weird. Um, yeah. But I think it's it's better than the first book. I'll give it that. I agree. I, I mean, like, these take an hour and a half to read, right? They're not uh-huh. hurting anybody. If you're like, I'd like to check out the better written Cheetah Girls book, it's it's fine. Go for it. I can't like, remember where in why? this book it was, but I did laugh once. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> All right, listener. This is, of course, an authorized crumb, and... Uh, I'm going to give you a little something to follow to the next crumb. Gene and High Five screamed as they flew down the steep, winding tunnel at top speed. They twisted and turned and twisted and turned, and then, thud, the tunnel deposited them onto a narrow platform. They landed on top of each other. Panting, Gene slowly got to his feet. High Five stood up next to him. (laughs) 